Welcome to the June 26th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Joshua chapter 1, verses 3 through 18, and the sermon is entitled, Preparing to Move, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Grateful today to be in the house of the Lord, amen? As you take your Bibles, uh, your Bibles will probably get accustomed to this, but go to the book of Joshua, if you will, in your Old Testament. And I have to ask you the question that I ask you every time as I stand here in this pulpit, and that is this, did you come expecting God to speak to you today? Amen. Amen. We go and we open the book of Joshua, a very trusted book of the Old Testament. We've had a whole one sermon so far in this series, but many more to come. Today, we begin the book, and when God is preparing a man to move, He's not only preparing a man to move, He is preparing a nation to move. And oftentimes we see the hand of God leading his people. It's in that leading that you see people do one of two things. Sometimes we see them obey and follow what God asked them to do. And then there are times in our Bible that we read about where the people of God choose not to follow what he wants. And so our Bible is filled with those stories on both sides. The Israelites who we read about will take an 11-day journey, and they turned it into 40 years of wandering. That should tell you what happens when people don't follow God. And maybe today, I'll say this right now, maybe there's somebody here today that's in the midst of that wandering. And you just need to trust God to move in your life. We love the story of Jonah. The refusal to go to Nineveh as God asked him to, it turns into one of the greatest rides that we love to tell our children about. But why was Jonah in the belly of that big fish? Because he disobeyed God. That's what got him there. And so today, as I look to God's Word, I look to lead you in this study of Joshua, of what God chooses to move in your life, and when God chooses to place you in particular areas of ministry, and you obey or you don't obey, consequences happen. But there are times when God chooses to move that you know absolutely there is no shadow of a doubt that God is dealing with with you. I've had teenagers come to me before and tell me what's going on in their life, and I simply look at them and said, God's working on you. God's working on you. It's not something to get upset at or nothing to get worried about. It's something to take notice of and to open our ears as we listen to where he leads us. Today, as we look at the life of Joshua, I hope that you see that God still wants to lead his people. And Clifford Baptist Church is that under that umbrella of his people. He places individual and positions of leadership, but ultimately God is the one who wants to lead. And in so many areas of our nation and in so many areas of our world, and I'm going to make this personal, even my personal life, I've told God, don't go there. You can lead me everywhere else, but God, I don't want to give you the part that hurts, that I know that you want to change, and that you want to make me uncomfortable. And yet, that's the part that God needs from each one of us today. Church today, Joshua is getting ready to lead a nation. And today, we will see a one-on-one -on -one interaction 
with God and with Joshua as he prepares to lead a nation. But before he can lead the nation, he's got to lead the man. He's got to lead the servant. So today, I'm grateful to open God's word to Joshua chapter number 1. As we opened the first two verses of it a couple weeks ago, we see that Moses, the servant of the Lord, is dead. And we talked about that command that Joshua is given to arise and go. Keep your Bibles open today. We're going to do this in sections. The first section that we will read today is Joshua chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. As we read this, look at me real quick before you look down. As we read this, remember Moses is dead, God is not. Let me say that one more time. Moses is dead, God is not. And so God still wants to work and God still wants to move. And so here we go. Joshua chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and to this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. Verse number 5. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. If you write in your Bible, if you mark in your Bible, you need to underline verse number 5. We will get to that in just a second. Today, there are three points that I want to give you as we look at God preparing to move in the life of the Israelites, but more importantly, God is moving first in the life of Joshua. Point number one today, when moving, remember the promises of God. Remember the promises of God. It's amazing to me that the Word of God contains over 7,000 promises. And as we look to those promises, sometimes we like a few uh, more than the other ones. Maybe we favor them, or we want to hear them, or we quote them, or maybe we even... uh, count them as our favorite verses but here we see God echoing the promises that he has made to Moses and he is reminding Joshua those promises are still true for him and here is my personal belief I believe those promises are still for us today because in Hebrews 13 8 it says God is the same yesterday today and forever God does not change And so even though we read about an Old Testament God, the characteristics of God are still absolutely the same. God begins by telling Joshua in verse number 3, you are to move into the promised land. And every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given to you. In verse number 4, he gives the layout of what that land looks like. Now I want to say this. Israel did not reach the potential, the full potential of the size of land until the days of David and Solomon. But here's what had to happen. Joshua had to take the first step. Joshua had to be willing to move. And the promise is this, wherever your foot stands, it will be the land that my people have. Oh, what a promise. 
If that promise was for me, man, I would start walking. Pick me up in West Virginia. I'm going across the plains. I'm going to Montana. I'm going, I'm going out. If it's all mine, let me start walking. But notice, Joshua didn't do that. He's given that promise. You've got to take the first step. But there's also some other things that I want to do with you. We must remember the call, the two-word call from verse number two, arise and go. There's the call to take the first step. And as you step, Joshua, I'm going to lead you, I'm going to guide you, and wherever I lead you and wherever you step foot, that will be our land. And they begin to move. That moves in his mind, that moves in his heart, and God begins to move and work in Joshua's life. Verse number five is a key here as as uh, God promises him, there shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I, I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Before I go there, I want to say this. There are areas of ministry. There are areas of missions. There are areas through live stream. There are areas of service to our community that we must be willing to step out in faith. Church, we're not called to sit here and be comfortable. We're called to the world to work and to move in ways and areas that have never been broached before. And it's amazing how God will lead in that area if we trust Him. There's a song growing up that I remember singing, Only trust Him. Only trust Him. Only trust Him. Only trust Him now. He will save you. Man, it's amazing what God will do when we trust Him. As God begins to work in the life of Joshua, we get to verse number 5, and we cannot forget the promises that God gives. There are three in verse number 5. The first promise that Joshua is reminded of is this, that no one will stand in his way. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. Nobody will be able to stand in your way. That is a protection of the enemy and from the enemy and also a promise to defeat the enemy. Here's a verse that I like. I grew up quoting it in uh, Romans 8.31. If God be for us, who can be against us? Do you remember that verse? Hey, let me tell you what. I grew up quoting that verse on the ball field. I grew up in, in school. Uh, when I go through tough times, man, if God be for us, who can be against us? My mother used to quote that verse over and over and over, and it made me sick at the time. But what she was instilling in me is this. If God is leading you, there's nothing that can get in your way. And church, I want you to know, I think it's a promise from God and a promise to Joshua that nothing will stand in his way. It's a promise today for our church that if God is with us, who can be against us? It's a promise to the Blue Ridge Pregnancy Center that though they may throw stones and though they may mark the building, nothing will stand in the way of God's work. And so today, church, the rallying cry is this, God is with us. No one can stand in our way. Joshua, there's not a king powerful enough. Joshua, there's not an army big enough. Joshua, I will lead you. The second promise in verse number 5 is this. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. The second promise is, is, promise is that God will be with them. When staring at the unknown. Now you can't say this is just Joshua and, and God in, in the bedroom. 
No, this is Joshua and God looking out of what's to come at the unknown. There are a lot of unknowns that lay ahead. And here's what God himself says. No matter what's in front of you, you just need to be faithful to this. Faithful to remember, I am with you. No matter what comes your way, note this, I will be with you. Jesus reminds his disciples in John 14, 18, that I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Friends, today, Christ lives in the believer's heart. God is with you. The Holy Spirit lives inside of each one of us. So you never, if you are a child of God, a believer, as you enter this world, as you enter situations, you never enter them alone. God is with you. I'm proud to say, I'm thankful to say, I don't use the word proud, I'm thankful to say that I've been in some very tough situations and I've never doubted that God had left me, had left me. Maybe today you're here and you're in a situation where you're questioning, God, where are you? Where are you at in this situation? You need to underline these words. As I, was Moses, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. God is with you. The third promise from verse number 5 is this. The end of verse number 5 says, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. I will not leave or forsake you. I know this is going to bleed into our next point, but I want to say this. This word forsake here means to abandon with the thought of no return. Okay, when we hear forsake, it means that you're leaving and you're not coming back. You're not thinking about what's best. God says this, I'm not going to abandon you. That he's going to be near. There's no thought of leaving. There's no thought of forgetting about. There's no thought of abandonment. Joshua, I'm with you. Well, Pastor Jeffrey, what are these three promises for? Well, as you can see, they pump me up pretty good. But these, these promises weren't there to psych him up or to allow Joshua to agree to something with God. These were promises as God is preparing to move the man to lead the people. And as he follows God, he follows God's will for his life. And he leads thousands upon thousands of people. Millions of people actually is what Joshua is getting ready to do. God is reminding Joshua exactly who he is. This is my nature. This is who I want to be. I will always be with you. He is taking these moments to prepare Joshua's heart, to prepare and to settle Joshua's mind. Because guess what? Joshua doesn't know Rahab's coming. Joshua does not know that Jericho is coming. Joshua does not know that AI is coming or the sun will stand still under his watch. How can Joshua say at the end of the book, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? It's the preparations that we read about today that allow him to say that at the end of the book. You sit here today. You say, Pastor Jeffrey, I don't know what exactly God's going to do with my life. Here's what I tell you. Trust your life to Jesus Christ. He will prepare you today for what you need tomorrow. Be open to His leading and His moving in your life. Guys, that's just one point. We've got two more to go. Look at verses 6 through 9. It says this, Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and be very courageous, 
that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe and do according all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Man, if this doesn't get you excited, I don't know that any part of the Bible will. Point number two, when moving, remember the presence of God. When moving, remember the presence of God. As I look at Joshua, the task in front of him as he oversees the moves that he's about to make and as he tries to follow God the very best, this, uh, this wasn't God setting Joshua up to fail. This is God setting Joshua up to lead and to succeed and to be faithful to him. Three times over these four verses, we see God telling Joshua to be strong and of good courage. And verse number 18 adds a fourth time, to be strong and of good courage. And I want to say this, as we look at those, what do those words mean? It means trusting God even when the, uh, uh, the answers are unknown, or the challenges we may face are unknown. It's that we face the unknown with the confidence that Christ gives us, with faith that leads our decision-making. Psalm 27, 14 cautions us to wait on the Lord. And so I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to see Joshua and God conversing. Joshua waiting on the instructions, waiting on the leading of God. There were unknown lands ahead. There were unknown steps ahead. There were unknown enemies ahead. And what God was doing was promising His presence. Let me ask you this. I'm sure those that are watching live stream, those that are in service today, there are some unknowns going on in your life. Maybe look at your week coming up. Look at your week coming up real quick and in your mind. What do you have coming up this week that you, you face an unknown? This week, just this week, here's what Pastor Jeffrey's going to face. There are unknown doctor's appointments that people are going through. There are unknown prayer requests. When my teenagers used to ask me to pray for something that was unspoken, it was important enough to mention to, to me. And so I, I took that as a challenge to pray for that unknown need. There are many of them across this room. Maybe there are unknown doctor's appointments. Uh, there are unknown situations that you will encounter. There are unknown work situations. And before we see those things, we need to trust God. But here's my question for you. How can we be strong and courageous in that? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Just as Joshua is reminded, only be strong and very courageous. Set your heart. Set your confidence. Set your hope on the faith that is Jesus Christ. And He will lead you through it. His presence will go with you through those situations. If I said, real quick, out loud, Ephesians Chapter 6, what's your first thought? The whole armor of God. Anybody? 
The whole armor of God. If I say we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, the whole armor of God. And we like to study the whole armor, reminding that every piece is important and reminding people don't turn your back because the back is left open. But Ephesians chapter 6, there's a verse in there, verse number 10, before any of the armor is put on, here's what verse 10 reminds us. To be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Before you put the first piece of armor on, Paul tells the Christians, yes, the armor's important. Yes, you need to put it on. But before you put the first piece on, you've got to have faith in the Lord. You've got to trust His presence. And through Paul to the Ephesian church, and through God talking to Joshua, there is a strength that we must put on. It may not be a physical strength, but there may be emotional strength or mental strength or spiritual strength that we must trust God in. The well that Joshua could draw from through his days of leading the Israelite army was this, that God had done it before and God was not going to change and that he was going to continue to lead Joshua in the coming days. All Joshua had to do, you ready for this? All he had to do was to listen, to obey, and to follow the Lord. Church, that's all we have to do. But man, is it hard. Man, is it hard. It's hard to do that. To listen, to obey, and to follow through with the plan that God has for every life represented here. It's not rocket science. But yet, we try to make it. The first five books of our Bible were available to Joshua there. And as we move along here, we see this. Joshua is reminded in, in, uh, at the end of verse number 7, verse number 8, and verse number 9 to do a couple four things. The Word of God, that he should not turn from it to the right or to the left. The second thing that he was reminded, that he shall not, it shall not depart out of his mouth. The third thing, that he needed to meditate on it day and night. And the fourth thing, to observe to do what is written. Now, here's the part that Christians love. We skim through that real quick, you know, and then we get down uh, to the end of verse 8 that says this, For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Sometimes we want to hit the fast-forward button and get to the end. But here's what God is telling Joshua. In order for you to be successful... The Word of God has to be the forefront of everything that you do. Everything that you do. We love the, the promises of God, and, 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 and we love to hear the prosperity of God, but we don't so much love the practice of God. The practice of the importance of the Word of God. When do you feel closest to God? Here's when I feel closest to God. When I shut my office door on Monday morning, I turn the phone off, and I get into God's Word. 
for five hours out of my week, I shut the world out, and it's me and God. And this is what I do. Church, we can learn from Joshua. We can learn from what God tells Joshua. These four principles of turning not from the word of God, keeping it in our mouth, meditating on it, and observing to do what is written. God will lead our life. God will lead our church. And God will lead you as you prepare to move. As I look and I think about how close God is, the presence of God In Acts chapter 17, verse 27, Paul tells the intellects on Mars Hill that he's not far from any one of us. And these are the the words that Paul tells, seek after him, feel for him, find him. That's what he tells the people to do. Friends, when preparing to move, the presence of God is what we need. Oftentimes, before I move on to my final point, oftentimes when people come to this church, I've been here for 13 plus years as youth pastor, over 15 years uh, just being here. But there are times through the years that everybody walks into this church, there's one thing that is constant over and over. I feel God is in that place. Clifford Baptist Church, I never want to lose the presence of God in this place. But it starts being faithful to the word of God. Even when it's hard, even when it's hurt, even when it's tough, we're faithful to the word of God. The third point today comes from Joshua chapter uh, 1, verses 10 through 18. A big read here, follow along with me. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare ye victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go and to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. And to the Reubenites, and to the Gadites, to half the tribe of Manasseh spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you, On this side of Jordan, but ye shall pass before your brethren armed, almighty men of valor, and help them. Until the Lord hath given your brethren rest, and he hath given you, and they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then ye shall return into the land of your possession, and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of Jordan toward the sun rising. And they answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest us, us, commands us, we will do. Whithersoever thou sendest, we will go. According as we hearken unto Moses all the things, so we will hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee, as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against the commandment, and will not hearken unto thy words, and all that thou commandest him, He shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. When we think of point number three, here is that. When moving, look for the peace from God. As Joshua ends this chapter, as we end Joshua chapter number one, Joshua is addressing the leaders of the tribe of the Israel people. 
And in his message is this, prepare food because we're going to move. We've got to take the step. We're going to move. We're going to possess the land that God has given us. And in verse number 12, the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh were uh, uh, addressed by Joshua. Back in Numbers chapter number 32, you can write this down. These tribes came to Moses, and here's what they said. We don't want to cross the Jordan. We want land for cattle. And the land on the eastern side of the Jordan suited them better. So they had an agreement with Moses that they would receive the land on the eastern side of the Jordan. But the men had to go to a war. They had to go and fight in the promised land as they would, be, as they would return to the eastern side after everything had taken place. So Moses allowed that to happen with the agreement that those two and a half tribes would still fight and would still help conquer the promised land. Then they would return to their families on the eastern side. Also in Numbers chapter 32, Moses reminded them this. If you do not fight, if you make this agreement with me and you do not go and you do not fight, it's a sin against God and your sin will find you out. Now we fast forward to the end of chapter number 1. And Joshua reminds these two and a half tribes, remember the promise that you made with Moses? And they said, oh yeah, we remember that promise. We hadn't forgot. Verses 16 through 18. Those are important verses. As the people agree, they say, whatever you ask us to do, we're going to do it. Man, what if your children done that? That would be a blessing, wouldn't it? Whatever you ask us to do, Joshua, we're going to do it. And wherever you send us, we're going to go. And what you ask us to do and what you tell us to do, we're going to listen. And if there's some that will not do that, here's what's going to happen. Those people that rebel, they're going to be put to death. Now you say, wow, Pastor Jeffrey. That's pretty, pretty stout. Yes. It's a commitment to God. And so they're reminded of that commitment. Guess what? Your sin will find you out and you will be put to death. If you do not fight, you will die. One way or another, there's an option of dying. Go to war. And so as they agree to that, uh, uh, those terms, they move in unity. Guys, listen. I want you to see a group of people, a nation that is united under the leadership of God. And I want to step out and say this. Our nation will never be unified unless God is put back at the right place of leadership. They have forgotten the promise and they don't want the presence of God. And so there is no hope for unity. There is no hope. But today, what I want you to see, I want you to see what a nation at peace looks like as they lead and as they follow God in the steps that, that He has commanded them to do. Acts chapter 4 speaks to the church. Now listen, we're not speaking to the world. Acts chapter 4 speaks to the church being of one heart and one mind. Philippians chapter 2 verse 2 says, Be like-minded having the same love, being one accord and one mind. God always wants His people to be in unity. 
and Clifford Baptist Church, it's important that that resound through this body of believers. All Satan would love to do is to get one little foothold, one crack in the door, and he's coming in. But when people are united, not for one person's belief, but for God's leading on our church, that's what we want. Friends, today I I remind you to remember His promises, remember His presence, and remember His peace that can lead you in these days. And maybe today, as we wrap up this sermon, we look at the life of Joshua. Joshua is getting ready to take some big steps of leadership. But in those steps, he's always a servant to God. He's always a servant. And so here's what I want to promise you. I want to always promise you, as the man that stands behind this pulpit, to be the person who takes steps of servant leadership first. I want to rule not with an iron fist, but with God's Word and steps that follow God's Word. And as I lead, hopefully, you trust and follow. So that's exactly where Joshua is. He is preparing to move. Greater things are ahead. Greater days are ahead. But now he has to take the first step. Church, today, what moves do you need to make? What moves do you need to make in your personal life with the Lord Jesus Christ to get closer, to draw near, to be more faithful? What, what steps do you need to take in ministry within the body? I don't like putting announcements up here saying, hey, I've got a hole to fill in a, in a place where we need workers. But guess what happens? When the holes aren't filled, the ministry goes down. And so here's my question today. How is God preparing you to move? Where does God want you to serve? Where is God trying to lead you? That could be a church thing. That could be a home thing. That could be a work thing. Where do you need God to lead you to move? As you prepare to move, never forget about a Savior that truly wants to lead every single day of your life. Praise be to God. Today, church family, I want God to lead this place. I want God to prepare our hearts to soften them, to change them, and to open those doors of new areas of ministry. But also today, maybe there's somebody here in person, maybe there's somebody watching live stream that simply has never taken the first step to faith through Jesus Christ. Today, I never want to shut down an altar, I never want to shut down a sermon without giving an invitation. Pastor Mike used to say it like this, don't set the table without giving an invitation to come eat. And today, as we set that table, there's somebody, maybe today, that needs to take a step of faith to Jesus Christ as Savior. By His death on an old rugged cross, His burial in the tomb, and His raising on the third day, He gives life, hope, peace, and salvation to anyone that chooses to follow. Today, whatever step you need to take, I pray that God prepares us right now. In this moment of decision, In this moment of God's moving, let's go to God in prayer. Father God, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, as our time draws near this morning, God, we come to you asking, Lord, that you continue to move in the hearts and the lives of your people in this place. Lord, thank you so much, Lord, for your presence. 
Lord, thank you for your promise. Lord, thank you for your peace that you will always be there for that one person. Maybe today there's somebody watching, there's somebody in person here that simply needs to come to this altar or come grab a pastor by the hand and simply say, God, I just need to trust you. I just need to trust you. Lord, thank you for taking those steps to lead our church through transition, to lead our church in a week of vacation Bible school, to lead our church to look toward revival. God, prepare these hearts today for what's coming tomorrow, God, I pray. Thank you for your spirit and how it's going to work as we give you this moment of invitation now. In Jesus' name. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.